Hey, it's Pastor Mike. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and make it a regular part of your day, can I ask for your regular support? We really can't make any of our sermon series or devotions without the continual support of friends like you. Time of Grace, in case you didn't know, is 100% donor-funded, meaning it is your gifts that make it possible for us to use television and print and digital media to share the good news of God's amazing grace. Just click on the link in the episode notes, and thank you for all of your prayers and all of your support. God bless. We're talking about the life of Joshua in the Bible from the book of Joshua this week. Just a review from where we were yesterday. God called Joshua to replace Moses, who was a very significant leader in Israel's history. Maybe it was a little overwhelming for Joshua, but God settled his overwhelmed heart with a lot of promises that he would be with him, that he would care for him, and that there was no enemy that was going to be able to defeat him, uh, to defeat him or Israel on the way to the land that God had promised them, otherwise known as the promised land. So the first big enemy, uh, the first big challenge is coming up now in the next couple of chapters when we get into the Israelites getting into Jericho. So Joshua wanted to be strategic about how to take down Jericho. Jericho was uh, a rather large city with a rather large wall that was around the entire city. It was very difficult to get by. There were actually probably two walls, an outer wall and then an inner wall, and very large, large enough that people actually lived inside the walls. And some of the things that we could spend a lot of time on, but we won't spend a ton of time on today uh, to highlight before we get to the main main event is Joshua spent some spies into Jericho to scope out the land to see, you know, if this was going to be legit, if we're going to be able to conquer them. And so they went in and they were housed by a prostitute named Rahab. And I think that's kind of strange company to to have as you're trying to carry out the work of the Lord. But Rahab's story is an excellent one of God's grace. The Bible is not shy talking about Rahab's past. But it's also not shy talking about what happened in the future because of Rahab. If you look in the book of Matthew, there's a genealogy uh, list of the descendants of Jesus. And guess who one of the descendants of Jesus, or not the descendants, but the um, uh, Jesus was descended from people. I forget, what the, I forget what the word is for that. But anyway, Rahab is in that list. That in a sense, you could say that the Savior of the world would not have been born without Rahab, this prostitute. So God redeemed her life and used it for a really, really great purpose, just like he does for all of us. A great reminder that God, he redeems our lives. He takes us from a life of sin and redeems us for lives of awesome purpose to honor God and glorify God in really, really incredible ways. So the spies were housed by Rahab and Rahab made a deal with them. You know, if I help you out, will you save me when you come into the land? Because Rahab was already convinced that the Israelites were going to take down Jericho. She had, had, she had heard of how God had... Um, had helped them along the way, how he divided the waters of the Red Sea. And she was very scared, just like a lot of the other people were. And so she made a deal. When you come in, save me and save my family. And the sign of where her family was going to be when the Israelites came in was going to be a scarlet thread that was going to be hanging from her house wall or from her window. And so they would go in, seeing the scarlet thread, they would take her family and they would take them to safety and they, you know, they'd be safe when the Israelites came in. And that's what ended up happen, uh, happening later on. And the scarlet, scarlet thread is a very, it's kind of a cool reminder of the scarlet blood that poured out of our Savior on the cross that saved us, um, unworthy sinners who don't deserve to be saved by God and yet Jesus shed his blood for us. So the spies come back and... They say, okay, this is good. They're scared of us and it's time to go in. And so then Joshua is given instructions by the Lord on how to take down the city of Jericho. These are the instructions Joshua passed on to the Israelite leaders that he had received from the Lord. This is the strategy of how they were going to take down this massive enemy of Jericho. Joshua comes up to his leaders and he says, okay, guys, I've been given a plan from the Lord himself. 
He has told us the way that we will defeat this enemy and he has promised that it will happen if we follow his instructions. And they say, yes, a plan from the Lord. This is really, really awesome. I'm so excited. What do we need to do? And Joshua says, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to go and we're going to march around the city, all as a group. We're going to be blowing our trumpets, our little trumpets, the whole time, just as we're marching around the entire city. And they're thinking, yeah, this will really intimidate him. This is, this is exciting. We'll just kind of build up to the big, big moment when we just go rushing in. And he says, we're just going to march around. We're not going to shout anything. We're just going to blow our little trumpets. We're going to get all the way around the city, and then we will be done. And then we will go back to camp. And then we'll go to bed. And we'll, get, and we'll rest up for the next day. And then the next day, the next day, we will get up. And as a group, we will circle around the city again, blowing all of our trumpets just like we did the first day. And then we'll get done on the second day. And then we'll go back to camp. And we'll go to bed. And then the third day, we'll do the same thing. And then the fourth day, the same thing. And then the fifth day, the same thing. And then the sixth day, we will do that again. No shouts, no crying, no intimidation, no, we're going to get you in a, in a moment, you know, or anything like that where you're shouting to the enemy as they're probably making fun of you the whole time. As you know, you get to day three and they're looking down at these people who are not attacking at all. They're just little marching parade with their little trumpets and they're, they're probably starting to regain some confidence in Jericho. But then Joshua says, after the sixth day, we're going to do something a little bit different. And this is when the leaders are like, yes, this is when we get to bring in the big guns. This is when it's really going to happen. Joshua says, we're going to march around the city once and then a, a second time and then a third time and then a fourth time, a fifth time, a sixth time, and then a seventh time. And after we get done with the seventh time, then all at the same time, I want you to shout and then all the walls will come down and everybody will walk straight in. That's what the Lord said to me. And I don't know what they thought about that. <laughs> I think that maybe they would have thought, this is a little crazy, Joshua. I don't know if this is going to work the way that you think it, you think it will. But he was passing it on from the Lord. And maybe one of the reasons the Lord gave them these somewhat strange commands on how to take down Jericho is because he wanted to give them an opportunity to show that they really trust him. And one of the ways that he often does that is he gives us things that are sometimes hard to do. Things that we, don't, we wouldn't do naturally. Things that don't often make sense to us. But it was a clear command, it was clear instruction, and they had an opportunity to show, do I trust God or do I not trust God? Do I trust God to lead or do I want to take the outcome into my own hands? And thankfully, they decided to trust God. And they said, okay, this is what God says. And we will go in and we'll do exactly what he says and we will trust that God will do exactly what he promised to do. And so they marched around the first day. And then day two, three, four, five, and six, then they got to day seven. They did it exactly day seven. They let out the cry. And then guess what happened? The walls all collapsed and they went straight in. Straight in. And they took the city. They went straight in. I'm emphasizing that phrase because it's an important phrase. So God at the beginning, he promised that if they did all of this, the walls would collapse and they would go straight in. And then at the end, when they followed the instructions, the walls collapsed and they went straight in. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to walk through a destruction zone where like a tornado or a hurricane has come through and annihilated some kind of building. And if you've ever tried to wake, walk straight through that destruction zone, you can't do it. There's so much rubble and garbage and everything, piles of sharp, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, you can't walk straight through. You have to be careful with your stepping and you can't go straight in. And yet the Israelites did. This whole big wall, massive wall, it collapsed. And in whatever way God, only God could do, there was no rubble. There just a straight path in where God promised there would be. It was as if the walls had never been there in the first place. 
this big intimidating thing that was standing in their way from the land God had promised them. It was as if the challenge had never been there. And I love that phrase because it's a picture of what one day will happen to you. There are a lot of different challenges that you face over the course of your life. So many different challenges, things that make us feel discouraged and afraid and weak. And we wonder if we're going to be okay. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of what we see in his empty grave, we get to know that one day we will walk straight into heaven. Where God will wipe every last tear away, where we'll never feel weary or tired ever again. Where all the challenges that we face here on earth, it will be as if they never even existed. That's coming for you. A great victory. Joshua was able to lead Israel into Jericho, knowing that the victory would be theirs. And it's a great reminder of how we get to live every single moment of our lives. We get to walk through life knowing that the greatest victory of all has already been given to you. Our eyes just have yet to see it be delivered into our hands, but, but one day it will be.